0: Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Northern Grower podcast. And just a quick note before we get started today. um, If you notice a difference in my voice, it is because I have been battling a killer cold here for the last week. And I have been putting off and debating whether to record because my voice might sound a little bit weird. And I've got the snuffles. But you know what? I just, I wanted to get this episode out here, so we're just going for it. We're going for it. So, welcome to the Northern Grower Podcast. My name is Erin, and I'm a gardener, grower, teacher, and homesteader here in Northern Alberta, Canada. And I garden in Zone 3. And this podcast is a place to share tips, tricks, and all-around interesting information on gardening and homesteading with a focus on northern climates. But all types of gardeners from all sorts of places and all stages of their gardening journey are welcome here. Thank you for joining me. You can also connect at the Northern Grower Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at the underscore northern underscore grower or alternatively visit our website at Greenwichseed .ca to follow our um, seed line. We have a bunch of seeds up for sale there and uh, go check it out if you want to support us in any way at all. Those are definitely the places to do that. On today's episode we are continuing our seed saving series with part two where I'm going to go into more specific detail about harvesting seeds from your fleshy fruited plants This family includes things like your tomatoes, watermelons, squashes, anything where that seed is embedded in the flesh of the fruit and generally they are a wee bit messy to extract seeds from. Not as nice and simple as our dry fruited friends, so a little bit more work. Okay, so if you did miss it, part one was just a brief overview uh, of tools and equipment, and just a, I even went into simplified steps of extracting, but today we're just going into those specifics a bit more. So, we're going to go through the process step by step from harvest to storage, and then I will go into tomatoes because although the process is generally the same, they do have a little extra step in there. So, our first step in the saving process once we have harvested, of course, is to separate the seeds from the flesh. But let me talk about harvesting first. Basically, harvest at maturity. Harvest at the same time you would pick the fruit um, for eating, so there's no need to wait. So the fresh fluted plants, once the plant, it's mature, you can go harvest that for seed too. And typically, actually, we will generally kind of the seeds aside for saving at the same time that we're going to eat the plant as well and kind of just separate them out. Um, So really you don't need to wait until a specific point or until a plant dies back to get the seeds. Wait until the fruit is at maturity. Just ensure though they look healthy um, just to make sure they are free from any disease. So ideally to start the seed saving process you want to screen, save a colander, that will either allow the flesh and pulp to fall through and then you can retain the seeds on the mesh. This step is a little more work than dry fruiting seeds because you aren't just sifting to separate chaff because the flesh of these plants really likes to cling onto the seeds. So ideally you're gonna do this in a, a sink and you're just going to go through and do a rinse and rub motion, run the tap over the siever screen and you really just have to try to rub the flesh off and it may take several steps or several rounds of this to get them really clean. But after several tries of some good rinsing and rubbing, you should have your seeds cleaned and separated from the flesh. Now, depending on what it is, I try to cut the seeds from the flesh first. So then you are just putting seeds with like little bits of flesh um, on your screen. But So when you're rinsing and rubbing, you're not like sticking the whole or half a watermelon in there, a half a tomato, like try to uh, almost like cut the seeds out a little bit from the fruit, just to save yourself a little bit of extra work. Plus then you also get the fruit part, the flesh part to eat as well, if that's your, if that's your goal too. So we just, you know, it's just also I feel it saves on waste a little bit, you are not wasting all the fruit part of the plant, Uh, the flesh part of the plant, you are actually getting, something to eat in there too okay um so to tomatoes if i do them if i'm doing when i'm in this rinsing and rubbing process i squeeze the guts out and then i actually pop the flesh into a ziploc into the freezer and then i can just pull it out to make sauce later and then i can just kind of deal with prepping the seeds from there but we'll go into more detail as well about prepping tomato seeds in a little bit here So you've separated the seeds from the flesh through rinsing and rubbing and now you have your seeds all clean sitting on that screen. So next steps. We do not just go to drying but you should decant your seeds first. So let's go into decanting. Decanting is essentially a short step to assess your seeds for viability And it is also useful just for removing removing any extra bits of pulp that may still be stuck to the seed. So you fill up a container with roughly four to five parts water to one part seed. And then you just stir it, let it settle. And after a few minutes, you might notice that the seeds, um, most of the seeds should settle to the bottom. And some will kind of start to float. Seeds that settle to the bottom are your viable seeds. The ones that float will not be viable. So you just wanna pour um, pour away everything else and just keep those viable seeds that settle to the bottom. Now if the water gets particularly cloudy, you might want to repeat this step just to make sure that you've gotten all the debris off the seeds. And then I just give my viable seeds that are left over a rinse and I set aside a ready for drying. Now, drying is imperative for these seeds because there has been so much moisture involved in the process to uh, just get them prepped and ready, and you do not want to store them damp. My favorite tool for drying my seeds are coffee filters. Uh, I find them really inexpensive, they absorb moisture, and the seeds don't actually stick to them, and then I also just write on the filter what variety I'm drying, so I find them a really useful tool. They are really great. Another tool uh, some people also use would be things like screens or a baking sheet pan. But as a word to the wise, seeds shouldn't be sun-dried as this can reduce seed quality. You don't need to bake your seeds either. You're just looking to dry them out. So you want to. That's why I like the coffee filter um, because it is just so great. And I just pop them up on a shelf somewhere and just let them dry out as they need. If you need to increase airflow... Um, circulation fans can work, but just watch how your drying is set up so you don't blow your seeds around everywhere. We don't have an issue too much with airflow, but if you are with somewhere where you maybe want to increase that circulation, then you can set up fans in your seed drying area, but you just want to get, make sure your seeds aren't blowing around. Once dry, you can store them and you will be able to tell once they're dry, they will just, they just feel like dry seeds, like you'll be able to tell because you'll pick them up and they will feel like dry seeds. Put them in storage and label again. And now you have your seeds ready to go. So I talked about storage in part one, but make sure you also label as well and they will be pretty much ready to go for next season. But let's just circle back to tomatoes. They are a fruit that does require an extra step in the seed prepping process. They actually need to go through a fermenting process, before you decant and dry. The seeds on tomatoes just, they have this like jelly-like casing around them and the fermenting step breaks that down so then they can be processed and will hopefully germinate when you plant them again. So they kind of have to break out of this little jelly. You might even be able to tell when you feel tomato seeds, right when you get them, uh, separate them from the fruit, the flesh, they have this kind of like jelly casing around them. And it's almost like a little sack. And they actually have to break that down and break through that to be able to germinate. And so the fermenting step will just help break that um, sack away from the seeds. So to ferment your tomato seeds, it's kind of not even really. It's called fermentation. It's not really true fermentation. If you do ferment foods, it's a different step. We just call it fermenting. So first you need to extract the seeds from the fruit. I typically slice and squeeze, squeeze those guts out into a container, and then once you have all the juicy, CD pulp from the tomatoes squeezed out into that container, simply place it in a warm location, somewhere around 25 degrees, and leave it for no more than three days. Okay, so you're putting all those guts out and leaving for no more than a few days, and You just also, you stir occasionally. I do add a little bit of water in, but you stir occasionally. And by the end of the three days or one day even, most of the seeds should have have sunk to the bottom. These are the mature seeds. At day three, or if you have, for some reason, a very fast tomato ferment, day one, you can start decanting. So the debris... Basically, you're just leaving them almost... It's kind of almost like a decanting step in a way, but you're kind of leaving them to settle for several a couple days. Um, and then the debris and immature seeds float to the top. And you can just pour those away. And now you may need to decant several times and give them a rinse for your tomato seeds to be clean. And then lay them out to dry. And, of course, just don't forget to label... Um, the variety at each step. You just want to make sure that you are uh you know even when you've got that tub of fermenting tomato seeds you're gonna label it you gotta label them you think you're gonna remember you don't so make sure you label them and then we just store them in our container clean container on a really high shelf for we always do three days that seems to be generally how long it takes for ours to really settle and we just want to make sure that we are getting a true picture of how many are viable and non viable in there. So, and then you can just pour that kind of jelly stuff away and save those viable seeds off the bottom and then decant. And again, like I said, you might need to decant several times. So, in a nutshell, it is the process of seed saving from your fleshy, fruited plants. I hope this was informative for some of you, or maybe you just nodded along because you're a dab hand at seed-, seed saving already. But wherever you are, I thank you for listening. Stay tuned for part three, where I go over seed saving from dry fruited plants, and I wish you a blessed harvest and Mabon season. Please feel free to reach out through the means I left at the beginning of the episode, and thank you so much again for listening.